what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. Welcome, 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 welcome to G Cobb in the House. I'm Micah Warren, along with my buddy Haran Knight from GCobb.com is joining me this evening. A uh, lot to talk about. Uh, and Ron Glover, Ron, you with us, buddy? Yeah, how's it going, fellas? What's going on, man? How you doing? Not bad. And I just see the Blackhawks now signed Carcillo. Bye-bye. Uh, I don't want to spend all night on the Flyers. Obviously, huge day in hockey today. I mean, huge. I don't know. I've seen NFL free agencies with this. I mean, it was just report after report. This guy's going here, there, there. And, man, the Flyers are clean. They're absolutely clean house. This, I think, is one of the reasons Philadelphia loves the Flyers. They just always seem to make that move that, you know, you know, they complain about the Eagles, they're cheap, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. The Flyers don't care. <laughs> they're making the move, and they have made a ton so far. Obviously, getting rid of Carter and Richards, which is essentially, I guess, the hardier team, um, they've had problems with them for years. You know, Carter doesn't show up in the playoffs. Richard, they don't really care for his partying ways and his attitude. So those guys are gone. And the, the thing I really want to hit on today, tonight with the Flyers, is, Yaramir Yager. I mean, this guy is 39 years old. I, I guess I don't have a problem with him coming in. $3.3 million. The last report out of Pittsburgh before they backed out was they were offering one year $2 million. So you threw an extra $1.3 on top of that? For, for a guy that's 39 years old and he's been playing in Russia the last three years. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you you know, he's just trying to get another check or whatever. You know, good for him. I think he's coming back because he's tired of waiting in line for bread. But I want to know what you guys think. Is this? Did they overpay? Was it even worth it? Can this guy even play anymore? He hasn't been in the NHL in three years. You guys, any thoughts on this? Um, I, I, I thought. Go ahead, Ryan. I have trouble understanding why they were even scouting this guy. <laughs> I mean, it's a head scratcher for me. And the three point three million for one year, that could have gone someplace else. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the Flyers are doing at this point. I really don't. I don't either. You know? I think that's what most people are saying: is we just got to wait until all the shoes have dropped, all the dust has settled, to see what this is going to be. What do you think, Ron? Um, and try. I try to stay positive about it. It seems like, well, is, is it, even though it's three point three million, is is just for one year. So it's not like it's really going to kill them in the long term. It seems like they're looking for somebody like that extra leader in, in, on on the team. I don't, 
know the history of Yager, how much of a leader he was in Pittsburgh, but um, it seems like they're, they're getting that, that veteran for that aspect. Um, I don't know what line he's going to play on. I don't know how many points they expect him to get for the team, but um, I forget who else they were trying to sign, but I think it, they they chose not to go through the length of years for that person. Are you talking about Stamkos? Um, not Stamkos. I mean, I knew, I knew, I, even when they mentioned his name, doing the research on him, it would have been a dream come true to get him, but I just didn't see Tampa Bay letting him go. <laughs> well, yeah, well, supposedly they couldn't, they couldn't come to an agreement and talks had broken down. But Tampa Bay came out and basically said, go ahead and sign somewhere else. We'll match whatever. So I right. bet the Flyers are probably like, all right, well, whatever. Why, why would we bother? Yeah, and, and you, it's not like you w- wouldn't believe on what Tampa Bay said. I mean, you're talking about a 21-year-old who's already considered one of the top three centers in the league. They, they'd be foolish not to match what, what offer comes his way. And, he, and the Flyers wouldn't have been able to, I think that's what they signed, four people today. Yeah, you know what? Maybe Tampa Bay was just trying to scare people off because I don't know that they have a ton of cash to be signing guys like that. I don't know if you guys know this, but no one watches hockey in Florida. <laughs> I think that was the case. I think that given Stan Coach's star power and Tampa Bay throwing you know, that threat out there, uh, I think teams really took it to heart and, and just decided to just shy away. Right. Um, I, I right. think the Flyers would have had trouble with coming up with the ten million a year anyway. Uh, I think, yeah. it, like Haran uh, said, it was the number of years involved that they really didn't want to commit to, and that's what scared them off. Right. Yeah, those hot, hockey contracts are enormous, but man, you want to talk about star power? This guy is a mega stud. And I would have given up the four first-round picks if that's what they wanted. Um, I've had a problem with the Flyers in the past. The last few years, they've had no draft picks. They have just traded them all away. But they're recouping them now. They're getting rid of guys. They're getting these picks back. So I kind of like that. Uh, that they, they're adding players. They're adding talent. But they're recouping all those picks. And they got the goalie they wanted. So, Ron, I hear you when you say I have no idea what they're doing because I don't really. But they aren't sitting on their hands. And, it, and that's the certain that's part about it. It keeps keeps us interested. It keeps us, you know, glued to the TV and you know our ear, you know, on everything. But that's always been Ed Snyder. And, you know, he's always gonna, you know, make something happen some way somehow. And that's pretty much more than we can say for the Eagles. Uh, you really can't say that about the Phillies now. And definitely more than what you could say for the Sixers as far as, you know, making personnel moves and shaking things up. And, you know, like I said, all we can do is just sit back and wait and see how this thing turns out. Do you right. think do you think that's what I, what I was saying before about why this town loves the Flyers and they seem to just get a pass after pass after pass? Do you think it's because Ed Snyder cares so much and because he will make the moves that the fans think he should make? Has it yielded a championship since 1975, by the way? Right, but they, they keep trying. <laughs> they are, they seem you know, to be. They keep, you know, throwing it against the wall and just hoping that it sticks one day. And uh, oh. instead of just 
I guess, doing what Andy Reid does and saying that, you know, just sticking to one way. They've gone through coaches, players, and, you know, just all types of personnel to just try and get it right. And I think, you know, the fan base looks at that and says, well, you can't knock these guys for trying. Because they haven't stood still, you know, for quite some time. Yeah, when when did they sit still? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think they ever did. <laughs> no, especially making a good point, too, with the coaches. On that, I'll say to a fault they haven't. They have not stood still because it seems like any time a guy gets in here, you got about a year and then you're gone. Snyder's patience is very thin. Reminds me of another Snyder I know down in Washington. Um, <laughs> right? They do. They operate in a very similar way. I don't know that that's always the best way. It's the exciting way to go. And yeah, this seems like Laviolette is the most. He's had. He's the most secure coach that the Flyers have had in a while. <laughs> yeah, because. You can't gut the team like this and then gut the coach. You got to at least see what he does with the team, right? Which means he'll have till November, <laughs> and then he's gone. But yeah, don't get comfortable in Philadelphia. Hey, if you're if you're involved with the Flyers, don't buy real estate. Do not buy real estate because you are gone. Another move I actually wanted to mention too today. They got last year they gave up a first and a third rounder for Christopher Stieg, which I thought was incomprehensible, considering. Firepower wasn't what they needed. They needed a goalie, so they didn't get that. And considering their, their draft pick supply was depleted. Today I got my wish. He's gone. For a second and third rounder to the Panthers, I, was, I think I was more excited about that than anything else. I can't stand the guy. I don't think he's bad. You, you could watch a whole Flyers game and not even know he was in. He's playing. I mean, that, that was just a, kind of an admission of a mistake. I was glad to see Versteeg go. Um, overall, I mean, just cleaning house. This is, I guarantee you, it's going to be one of those years you flip the flyers on the shooting. Like, who are these guys? I don't even know who these guys are. <laughs> because the, the turnover is so huge. But, you know, they made some moves. We'll see what happens. Um, like we were saying before, they do make things happen. And I think that's one of the reasons why the fans have really gotten on the side of the Phillies, let's say, the last four years. Obviously, they've been winning. Um, but one of the reasons the fans could just never get behind the Phillies, even right before Gillick came on, remember Ed Snyder. It's the trade deadline. We're in second place. We need something. We don't need anything. We need the players we do have to play better. Right. Oh, my God, that was maddening to hear all the time. But now the Phillies, somebody said they have a $172 million payroll. Can anyone else confirm that? Do you know if that's ballpark? I can't confirm uh, it. but I can't confirm it. But we, surprised. We, I think the pitchers make about $70 million of sales. That used to be the Phillies' entire payroll. Right. <laughs> it really was. 70, 75 million, 80, 85 in there. But now they're spending and the fans are on their side again. Right. And it Is wasn't that, that really? long ago that it was like that either. And going back, that's probably what, 2005? <laughs> it really wasn't. And now they're just they're printing money over there, I guess. But do you think that's what it takes to get on the side of Philly fans? Because everyone, all the Phillies, we always say, and I'm guilty of it too, we always do it's championships. Win something. But if you don't, at least like, look like you're trying. And, and, that's, and that's what it comes down to. As long as you look like you're trying. It's like, I mean, everybody hates it now, but even with the Sixers, when they got out and brand, there was some level of excitement because we figured that they were going for, for, for something at that time. 
Yeah, and then we didn't realize that he and Iguodala can't exist on the court together. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's not the best example, but... <laughs> no, 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 but you're right, though, Haram, because I was excited. Yeah. Like, all right, this is you got yeah, a good we, player. We were excited, and it's like, you know, he came in, and he, you know, it, it's been modest. I mean, if I'm going to use the term for his... Uh, Time, I would say modest, but by Iguodala not being moved on trade on, on draft night, I think it really took it, it took some steam out of me. Man, I, I gotta agree with you that I just could could they not find a taker? Could they not make it work? I want to know why this what guy's I, still on the team. I, I've got a theory, and I don't know if this is probably the best. I think with the Everything with the CBA hanging over the league's head, and the fact that the team is probably going to potentially is going to potentially be sold. I think those were two things that really hung out there, especially that CBA with this cap that they want. And I don't think they want to bring anything in prior to the prior to the new CBA that would hurt them in the long run by trading, you know, either dollar. Right. Yeah, I think that and, and new ownership probably played a hand in it. So you're, you're you know, probably right. You you would think the new ownership would say, "I'll buy it on the condition that he's gone." <laughs> you get rid of him, like buying somebody's house that has a huge piano in the basement. You're like, "Look, you can take the house, but you got to take that piano too." You take the I don't piano want the piano. Too, yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't too excited about the rumor trade trades anyway. The only one I wanted kind of was like with Minnesota for the number two overall pick if that was yeah, the case. That's how I felt. But I, was, I wasn't too keen on Lamar Odom coming here. I, I, did, I mean, he already got no. um, Lou Williams as, as your, your best six man. I, and Lamar Odom is not, not a starter. I wasn't Monte Ellis wasn't going to be a good fit. The only thing with Chris Kamen was that his um, contract was expiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine with that, though. I wanted him so bad. I, I was not going to complain about whatever they got in return because I feel like the rest of the team is just going to operate a lot better without him. I don't think he's a team cancer or anything. He just doesn't fit in with the flow of any kind of a, of a, a set offense or anything. But, look, we've got to take a break. We'll get back on the other side. We'll, we'll talk some Phillies and some Eagles because that's our favorite anyway. But uh, we've got to take a break. We'll be right back here on G-Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. 
Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, apparently we are not done with Andre Iguodala. One thing I wasn't thinking about talking tonight was Sixers, but apparently, let's hit on this some more. We were talking during the break. Now, Ron, you you mentioned that, that correctly that that Doug Collins just can not only continue to go to bat for this guy for Andre Iguodala and say he's my guy down the stretch. He backed it up. He really did go to him. That was not just lip service. He really went to Iguodala in crunch time over and over to the. He did so. Uh, Doug Collins did so many phenomenal things with this team. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be this good with this group. I mean, like, how can you be so good in this area and then not see it? I know you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. How do you not see that Andre Iguodala is not? He's not a clutch guy. He's not your guy. And now, Ron, when you were talking about him defending him, you also mentioned he defended him during the draft. I could even understand that if they were trying to move him. Right. You don't want to go. You don't want to go to the guy as a dog, and right. then go and then call Minnesota and see what they'll give you for him. You can't do that. Right. But it really does seem like he means it because he didn't. He, they haven't traded him, and obviously you can't do anything now because you got the lockout going on. Right. And that's going to be going on for a while. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like bad news. I honestly haven't paid too much attention to it, but it seems like they're really far apart. Yeah, I think. The season's probably threatened. And I know it's kind of premature for that, but the season may actually be threatened. I well, see it lasting longer than the uh, the uh, 99 lockout for sure. Yeah, when the owners are saying that the players owe, what, I think it was $160 million, that that, that right there said, because you know the players aren't going to willingly give that back. Yeah, when you talk that, about old money, you know it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a long time. <laughs> yeah. Talking about old money, I, I don't see anything changing. So. Yeah, you know, and there's some things that just have to change. I mean, you just, 
I, I kind of like on one hand the NBA kind of made some rules. Look, you want to give that guy a ton of money in a long-term deal? You better love him. You better love him because you're not right. getting rid of him. You can't. Uh, your point I, is Portland. How does Greg Oden sign up for $8.8 million the day of? And, and this is the re- one of the reasons why they're at this point. And yeah. I, I just real, I'm really at the point where somebody needs to save these owners from themselves. Yeah. Because they're ridiculous with these deals. I mean, and, I mean, you can't force it. You can't knock a guy for signing for that amount of money. Any of us would do it. Sure. I mean, I mean when you don't blame the guy for signing. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, you're right. Save the owners from themselves because what you do is you get you get yourself locked in these things where it's like, oh, Sammy Dallenberg's untradeable and overpaid. Awesome. Thank you, you Billy lock- King. <laughs> What's that? Thank you, Billy King. Yeah, right. it, the guys become untradeable. They're paid so much, you realize they're not remotely what you thought they were maybe even going to develop into. They never develop or for whatever reason. They could get hurt. They could just be a complete waste. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with them. And it really does set franchises back for years. There's nothing you can do with yes. yes. That's probably, that's, and that's ultimately the case with Iguodala. If Iguodala's making about $6 million a year, he probably wouldn't be calling for his head as much at, He'll be making thirteen million next year, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> that should be the poster contract of the lockout. And I always said that, you know, if he was making half of what he made, I wouldn't have a problem with him. Right. But the fact that you're making this amount, you, the veteran on the team outside of Brand, and I mean, you're not vocal in any way. I don't see any type of leadership coming from him. I don't see anything. He's just a guy that's out there. Right. Yeah, you get the feeling that he's in the NBA because of what an absolute freak of nature he is physically. He is hes one of the best athletes in town right now, I'll tell you that. He is a phenomenal athlete. He's not in the NBA because of his basketball talent. He's in there because of his athleticism. He can run and jump, and his energy, he, he can defend. He doesn't really have basketball awareness or a good touch. I mean, you see his jump shot almost hits the rafters. You know, watch Ray Allen. Watch these other guys and their release and their uh, arc on the ball. They're consistent. You, he just doesn't have much basketball talent. But he's a phenomenal athlete. But when you try and take that and put that into an organized system, it just doesn't fit. And he's the part on the Sixers that doesn't fit. There's just so much good other young talent on this team. They don't need them. And apparently nobody wants them. And maybe it's because of what you said, Haran. Maybe it's the $13 million. Unless you're getting expiring contracts. There are some people that want them. I think the Lakers really, really like them. I heard, um, I think it was either Sacramento or Golden State. They, they're in love with them. I don't, uh, but it's what. Uh, yeah. I think Jackson they really don't have much to give back right at this point. Now, I heard well, something yesterday, and, and I'm not even sure if this even has legs. That's all right. Throw it out there. That's what we do here. Come on. And and <laughs> funny thing is, I threw this out there about maybe about a month or so ago. I was thinking Al Jefferson from Utah. Mm-hmm. Okay. To see, I mean, if the numbers can work, I mean, you solve a problem definitely in the middle. He's a good young big man. And he seems to be back from his knee injury. And uh, 
he would definitely help. And, right. and you definitely serve a need, you know, in the post. And they but, do uh, need that, too. I, I mean, Elton Brand is a finesse guy. They right. don't have anybody to bang down low. Yeah. And Unless you like Maurice Spice. Not Maurice Spice. Not, not at all. Well, LaVoy Allen's going to take care of that. <laughs> I think when he's drafted LaVoy Allen, I think if he makes half good on his potential, as far as being a defender, space is gone. And that that was basically a pick to put space on notice. They put, put space over Roy Hibbert. I will never forget that. <laughs> you know, I liked Roy Hibbert in college. Yeah, I like Roy Hibbert, too. I like him now. Larry Like him then, like him now. And what, what, what's space really giving you? So I mean, yeah. he doesn't even play anymore. He's he gets hurt. He doesn't he, come. He doesn't even come off the bench for Doug Collins. The most he did was under Eddie Jordan when he was playing garbage time while they was getting blown out. Mm-hmm. So funny thing, I mean, funny thing the night of the uh, trade deadline this year, um, I think that was the game against the Wizards. The night Heinrich got traded at halftime. Okay. And, uh, Spates was in the game, and, and Spates played, I think, maybe 25 minutes. Had about 16 points, and I'm sitting in the guy on press run. I'm like, you know what? They're about to move Spates. Or, or somebody's watching him, and, you know, he's auditioning. Right. <laughs> no move. No move. Right. So, I mean, it's – I think when it comes to trades, and the NFL and the NBA are probably the worst when it comes to getting your hopes up. Yeah. Well, yeah, the NFL in general is not really a trading league. You know, right. you see stuff happen on draft day for picks and things like that, but you don't see a lot of player-for-player player trades. You know, it's, it's no, usually for – And the NBA is either – I don't know. And, and this is, goes back to the lockout. This is one of my problems with the NBA, and I don't know to what degree this is a sticking point with the players and the owners. The matching of contracts. Yeah. I mean, that really gums up the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to get a seventeen involved. You know, <laughs> you think that's you think that's something they're going to be discussing, or that's? I'm well, one of the, they might discuss that. They might discuss like lottery protected picks. I know one thing that's definitely going to be the case, and this is why they really didn't trade trade too many um, players. Probably the reason why Iguodala still here is I know they really want a hard cat. <laughs> so if they if they do that, then there's going to be a lot. You can see one of the one of the Heat big three get traded after after this CBA um, gets mm-hmm. off. <laughs> I, I think that um, one thing, another thing that was on the table was they want to eliminate the signing trades. Okay. And the trade the trade exceptions, like when a, right. a guy um, when a team is compensated, right? Like when. Uh, who was it that was? I believe Denver was compensated for losing Carmelo Anthony, or right. something like. Toronto, someone was compensated, but Toronto that's what they want to get rid of too. For, um, getting, um, losing Bosch, I believe. There you go. That's what it was. <laughs> and they want to eliminate that. They want to eliminate signing trades. So, um, you know, the hard cap. And I think they're going to drop the luxury tax. If they go with the hard cap, oh yeah, 
I mean, yeah, it, won't need the luxury, it won't need the luxury tax with the hard right. cap. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I'm all for a hard cap. And you know what bugs me, and this bugs me about baseball. First of all, the baseball players union is way too, way too strong. Um, the fact that the, the players complain, we don't want a cap, we want a cap. The cap is a good thing for players. The cap is a good thing because what comes with it? A floor. So now... You don't have the, the, the cheapos out there that don't have to spend. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, 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 it's going to put the cap on what the, uh, you know, the Cowboys and Redskins and Eagles and, and the Red Sox, Yankees, the high-end guys are going to spend. But right. it makes the Royals and Pirates spend. It eliminates like what the Knicks did, which, or, or the New Jersey Nets, where they was just putting money to the side for LeBron. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, you know what? The right. next, yeah, yeah, right. It, but it was like two years ahead of time. Right. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? You're you're trying to position yourself for something that may or may not happen two years from now? They were clearing some serious cap space. Yeah, both teams had like $50 million. I think a third, they, they were spending a third of the salary cap. Hmm. <laughs> does, does the NBA currently have a floor with the soft cap? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if they do either because I know the Nets got down to like. Well, yeah, who are these guys? Point, I, mean, I think there's like thirty million. Oh, like even their best players were still on rookie contracts. So. <laughs> <laughs> they they oh, really moved Devin Harris. Didn't they? they moved Devin Harris. Say that again. Didn't they? Didn't they eventually move Devin Harris, or is she still rotting away? Devin Harris. Devin Harris was in Utah. With, um, so was in Utah. Okay, they traded. He was part of that Deron Williams trade. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, okay. So they they got one good player. That's not too bad. Go Nets. Don't they go to Brooklyn next year? I guess no one's doing anything right now. Gives you plenty of time um, to uh, pack up. Is either, either next year or the following year? <laughs> they'll do. I think they'll do well there. I really do. Um, but we got to take a break. We still haven't gotten to the Eagles and Phillies yet, but I'm promising this time. We'll get to it on the other side. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. 
with 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right. All right. It's football time. Sorry. I just... And I don't know if we'll get to the Phillies now because once we start talking football, it's a lockout or no lockout. I can't get enough of it. I don't know about you guys. I was watching the NFL Network the other night. I was watching stuff I've seen a million times. I was sitting there with my buddy, and we just looked at each other like, God, football is so great. Like, I love baseball. I love hockey and basketball. I love all the sports. Football is just so much better. I just I can't get enough of it. Uh, so we'll talk a little Eagles. We were talking during the break about the guy from CNN Washington or CSN Washington suggest that, quote, well, the Redskins wouldn't get more than, quote, a used kicking tee in a Donovan McNabb trade. Uh, we were talking about that situation. And he's $12.5 million. No, I'm a McNabb guy. I always have been. But he's 35 years old. $12.5 million ain't happening. they got to cut him. And we were talking about how they – the Shanahan's completely mishandled that situation. And I blame Kyle more, but that means that I blame his dad more because they're even having him in there. Why is he even an offensive coordinator? So, I mean, Donovan was probably like, who are you? I've been in the league for 11 years. Who are you? Uh, just a terrible handling of that. And, and Ron, you made a great point. They, the Hainsworth situation was handled poorly. Mike Shanahan is so arrogant. So arrogant. He's just so smug in his press conferences and, and, and the way he handles people. Their Super Bowls were a long time ago, dude. Terrell Davis has been retired for a long time, and so is Elway. He is arrogant. And now he, they're going to have to look at – they're going to cut Donovan, I'm sure, as soon as, as soon as the light goes back on the league. Uh, they're going to have to cut Hainsworth. And I, I don't know about you guys. I, I think the Eagles should at least look into the Hainsworth situation when he's motivated. Remember, his best years were, were on his last year of his uh, contracts. He really wasn't that good before that when he had all his money. And when he got to – uh, his contract years, he was just killing people. He's a he's a huge defensive tackle who just mauls people. I remember seeing the Titans had him lined up at defensive end, drop it into coverage. <laughs> this guy is talented, and and the Redskins paid him what forty forty one million over those two years, something like well that. Well done. Yeah, because he had well twenty million done. kick in uh, this year, right before the lockout. Right. He had about twenty million twenty one million kick in. Well, yeah, if that was cut, if he gets cut as expected, nobody's gonna give him a lot of money up front. His, nope. his deal's definitely gonna be incentive laden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it should oh, be. And at that right. point, I think I'd take a motivated Hainsworth. Not so much because you're rolling the dice on him. You really don't know what he's gonna, what you're gonna get with him. But I've about had it with Patterson and Bunkley. Um. They competed with defensive tackles under 300 pounds. Uh, just, Ron, in general, what's with the undersized guys all over the damn defense? I've been wanting Grady Jackson for years. 
Yeah, can you yeah. a big fat dude? Where's Gilbert Brown? I mean, Gary Ball, guys like that. Those are the guys. Gary that Ball. Won. Gary Ball. Gary Ball had one guy on each shoulder. That's what you want. <laughs> From the line. That's what you want. And we get guys 297. We get these fire hydrant guys that Andy Reid thinks they're going to plug up something, and they're just getting shoved around. Well, at the very least then, Ron, when you know, I saw the highlights of Patterson on draft day back in 2005. I remember thinking, "This is great. This guy lives in the backfield. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get pushed around, you better find a way to slide between the guards and get into the backfield at least to make some plays. Be disruptive, for God's sake. They kind of are just there. What was it? Two years ago, I think they combined for a sack and a half or two sacks. Something we like should that. accidentally yeah. fall on somebody once in a while. And it's not just the tackles. Yes. It's the whole defense is undersized. Yeah. Undersized. Yeah, because the linebackers behind them aren't big enough to do anything either. Or talented <laughs> enough. Can't cover a tight end. Too short. Nope. Too short to cover a tight end. I, I, I said and I watched. They, they complete. Go ahead. Safeties and corners are too small. Oh, yes. They are. They, 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 yeah, they haven't had a big corner in probably, what, since Matt Ware? They didn't even play. <laughs> Yeah, right? Bobby Taylor. <laughs> Bobby Taylor was the last good big corner they had. I thought Vincent was a decent size, too. You're right, Asante's tiny. But but we know what Asante is. He's a, you, you know what you're getting with him, and as long as he's getting the picks, you kind of just have to shake your head and deal with the rest of it because it's, you know, it's obviously such an important part. Uh, you, don't, you don't want him tackling because every time he actually surprises you and hits somebody, it's a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> or an injury. Or he's, right. you know. Nick nicked himself up. Right. You're exactly, so, you're exactly right. <laughs> people will people so say I, he doesn't. I'll, I'll he just doesn't. take the picks. <laughs> yeah. How many don't guys do anything you, else. <laughs> no. But how many guys can you think of off the top of your head that are lousy tacklers but will hit like the Dickens when the time comes? He will. He'll, he'll come out and pop somebody. But like you said, get 15 yards and a fine because he went helmet to helmet like he did last year. But he's a poor tackler. It's odd. <laughs> Usually, if you're physical, you're physical. It was almost was like, like Iverson with the steals. Andre Williams was like that. Who? He wasn't a great tackler. Tackler. He was more of a hitter. Oh, Andre Waters. Andre Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right. Right. Not the greatest tackler, but if he had the opportunity, he'd try and knock your head off. And usually did. Yeah. And usually did. So regarding the Eagles, now I saw this, and again, you know what? This is all just really all this is is fodder for what we're doing now, which is sports talk through radio, because there's, there's no truth to any of these reports. Who knows? I could make up a report. Um, so it seems now that the the rumor going around regarding Cobb is that the Eagles are going to want some players in return too. And I saw this uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie's name has come up, Patrick Peterson, Beanie Wells. Tim Hightower, I would. Tim Hightower, I don't. I, I would be floored. Uh, Dow Washington, Greg Toller, some of these guys are, you know, whatever. Um, Tim Hightower is kind of whatever. Beanie Wells, I guess, is too. He's top draft pick. That's really just an injury waiting to happen. Are you buying any of these guys? Uh, do you think that they would? I have no problem believing that they would actually take a player in return. Who do you think that they might actually get? I don't. Patrick Peterson. I don't think I'd see that happen. 
I just threw that out the window. I just uh, have a hard time believing that's going to happen that they're that. I mean, yeah, Cobb has had some good games, but you're not going to give up a top ten player for him. Mm-hmm. Who, who's not just who's not just a good cover corner, but also a good good on special teams with punt returns. There's just too much too much talent with this guy to let go. I don't want Rogers Cromarty because then he'd have two two um, Asante Samuels back there because he's not known for tackling either. No. So uh, so it, it's I'm not I'm not too high on them getting players uh, getting some of the players back. Beanie Wells is injury prone. Tim Hightower might make sense, but you got to include a draft pick with, 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 with in there. Oh, you wouldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't. I'm not even a Cobb fan, and I wouldn't trade him just for Tim Hightower. Hightower's kind of just a guy. You know what? Maybe that would make sense. Beanie Wells, I don't. Well, when he's people start Andy, talking about, he's not an Andy Reid type of running back, so no, he's not. He's not going to get on a field of Philly. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I always think it's so funny when I hear people speculate about with regards to the Eagles and running backs. Right. It's. I mean, this is this is how it how it is. I mean, I, you, everybody wanted like this big back. And yeah. In two, for years. Two thousand seven. Everybody's excited when they got Tony Hunt. How'd that work out? <laughs> oh my God. I actually. So, I, 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 so. When you look back at that, you can't you kinda understand like you just want you want Reed to have his type of players that, that are gonna get on the field and not just because of their size. I I'm actually excited about the fullback they got in the seventh round. Because I don't think he's really gonna play fullback. I think he's gonna be like their big running back because he, he he's good in the passing game. Right. Well they do use their their fullbacks in passing. That's the only right. time they use big backs as their fullbacks. Um, I, I don't know though. I don't know what if I would be done with Owen Schmidt. I thought he did a great job filling in, considering the situation. That's right. And that's why I think that Stan Heavily, uh, however you pronounce his last name, is going to be the big back. I don't think that, or the third running back. I don't think they're going to just let Owen Schmidt go. Remember, he was good with the Eagles, and he he didn't even go through a preseason with them. Right. Yeah. I think it's safe to say, I don't know if it's his career is over, but I don't think Leonard Weaver's coming back anytime soon. I feel bad for the guy. So do I. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, all these years we wanted this fullback, and he's, probably, he's one of the best ever. And to go out that way, we start talking about nerve damage, so it's, Oof. it's just not yeah. looking good. And he was perfect for the system. Yep. Right. He was perfect. He was, that was a glove fit. He was perfect for this system. Uh, you're exactly right. It's depressing to think about because you're exactly right. Glove fit because he, he could he could catch block. He could run pretty well. And he's hey, a little low, but he's running for a fullback, in my opinion. What's that? He, he was above average, you know, as far as a fullback, as far as a runner. I would say he was above yeah. average. Oh yeah, but I, I hope they do. Speed. What's that? He had breakaway speed. Yeah, what was it against the Giants? Did he bust the big one? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Oh yeah, and, uh, such a weapon, such a shame because it's such an underrated position. It, it's one of those. All right, if you can block, you're in. <laughs> once in a while, we'll hand the ball once a game. Just go fall down forward. Just try and not do it behind the line of scrimmage. 
You know, no one really pays attention. If you can get somebody in that position that could play, you just added a whole other weapon and another dimension to your offense, and that's what Weaver was. But I, like I said, I do think Schmidt, considering he came off a scrap heap, I thought he did a great job. Right. So, so for that, I'm I mean, fine with it. All you got to do is pay attention to what Seattle does because the, the both reason why both guys were available is because Pete Carroll refused, doesn't, he just doesn't use fullbacks. Right. Now you're right. <laughs> so, so for that, I'm fine, which makes the whole Beanie Wells Hightower thing uh, a little odd to me because, hey, running backs in this offense are only getting so many touches, and there's only one football. And they're going right. to give it more and more. I, I, th- I hope they're going to give it more and more to LaShawn. He broke out last year. He was doing things last year. I didn't see him do his rookie year. I didn't know he could do them. Mm-hmm. So I just, when people started talking about the Eagles and running backs, I'm like, you don't really get it. They don't use them like everybody else. Yeah. Never have. I mean, you used to always talk about those little dump-off passes as their, their type of running runs. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things, too, that I think can end up really hurting them, along with that undersized defense stuff, because that goes back to, End of a game when it's time to close it out. This is why you can't. This is this is why you can't. I feel better now with LaShawn McCoy, but he, just his insistence on the passing, and they can't, of course, God forbid the other team has the ball, forget it. They're going to run it right down your throat because you have 295-pound tackles. Well, look oh. at that Arizona drive in, in the um, NFC Championship in 08. <laughs> 14 plays, nine were runs. Hmm. Nine. Oh, one, of them, one of them was like fourth and inches. Would have ended. It was. You're exactly that's right, and that's <laughs> that's why that team that that's why they didn't close it out. That's why they weren't in the Super Bowl, and they continue to draft guys like that. And it irritates the bejesus out of me. But we got to take a break, so we will get to maybe some Phillies, maybe some more NFL. I haven't decided yet. Uh, we on the other side. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
you're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. If you want to get in on the conversation, call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're just going to continue to hammer the Eagles for their undersized personnel decisions. <laughs> they do make some good ones, but, man, it's just this talking about the offensive line. Now they're going smaller there, and it's maddening. And I want to bring something up to you guys because I think you'll appreciate this and at least be able to weigh in. Now, in '09, they trade a first-round pick for Jason Peters. They give him a ton of money. He is hardly what they were – not remotely what you expect out of a blindside left tackle. So then – we also find out, you know, that same year, hey, this, this Winston Justice kid might be able to play. They go, all right, great. Now, in 2010, hey, Jason Peters comes back, has a real good year. We're like, all right, maybe we got somebody now. And all of a sudden, Justice goes in the toilet. What changed? Big deal. I had never thought about it. Somebody brought it to my attention recently. It makes all the sense in the world. What arm did McNabb throw with? Oh, and what great. hand does Michael Vick throw with? Mm-hmm. Right. All of a sudden, blindside ain't the blindside anymore. Peters isn't Gardner's blindside. It's, I mean, it's true. I hadn't thought about it, but I was like, oh, that's true. Now, all of a sudden, he has he doesn't have that responsibility. And that's where scouting fails, because the Eagles scouting team should have been scouting a left a right tackle in college that was protecting the blind side of a left-handed quarterback. Or just someone that's not that's used to protecting a blind side. No, you're right though, because it is. I, I shouldn't have said that because it is very difficult to switch sides. There's guys that have done it and can do it. Right. But the tackles that I've talked to, I've asked them about. It, they're like, try playing the guitar with your opposite hand. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got this. Right. Wow. Everything it, changes. Wish the justice played left tackle in college, right? But he left-handed quarterback. I I, I, that was my point. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, man, Liner was left-handed. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's that, that's the difference right there. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It can be maddening. And now they, they just love these, like you, you were saying during the break, these guys that are, you know, but now they're getting these small, quick offensive. They love small and quick. I guess they call them hybrids now. They are. And, they, yeah, that's another thing they love. They love small and quick, and they love a guy that can play seven positions. No, he stinks at all seven, but he can play seven. This isn't for NBA. <laughs> yeah. How about you get yeah. a guy that can play one? You know, and I, I don't understand. Versus... One. What's that? No... Give me a guy that's just good at one. Yeah, yeah there's no just... middle ground either. They're either small and quick or just uh, undersized and quick or they're Big stiffs like um, they call him Max Gene Gillis. Yeah, I'm wondering if he turned them off to big players. I said, look, we cannot get any guys this fat anymore. Right. It's like you need somebody that's athletic but still has a size. Right, and that's not easy to do. If it was easy to do, you know, they have everyone right. would have Super Bowls all the time. It's not easy to do. But when you draft a guy like Gene Gillis, who's a road grader and can't pass protect, you don't run the ball. You don't run the ball. What do you care if he's a road grader? 
Get some freaking pass protect because you like to throw. They, they've done that for years, too. Oh, God, we're airing our frustrations. Uh, you know, you love to throw the ball. Well, it took you five years to go and get receivers? If I'm not mistaken, they picked one of those guys before um, Jari Evans. Which one? Not, sh- not surprised. I think it was um, Gene Gillis. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think they grabbed Gene Gillis on the second day. When you look back, when you look back, you see Freddie Mitchell over Reggie Wayne. Oh, uh, over. L.J. Smith over Jason Witten. <laughs> oh, that one. Hmm. So he's going. <laughs> I, I mean, I know there's others, but those are the main. Who else was there? I think Tony Pollard like was before. Um, who was he? Who was he picked before? Who, who, who did you say? I think Tony Hunt was picked before somebody that that's been good. It might have been um Marion Barber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could have been. My favorite is trading up in 2003. From 30 to 14, I think it was, 15, they take Jerome McDougal. Do you know who went one pick after him? I forget. You heard of that safety they got in Pittsburgh? Ouch. Oh, I've got a better one. What's that? I've got a better one. I said I've got a better one. All right. Trading up to get Mike Mamula and uh, passing over Warren Sapp. That's pretty bad. I I wouldn't even have accepted J.J. Stokes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Kyle Brady. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been some brutal ones. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to play Monday morning quarterback with the draft, and you can do it to any team. It really is. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. You know, the, and this isn't on Andy Reid or anybody else, but John Harris, I think what, really. I think what it hurts, always, it always hurts more here. <laughs> what, hurt, what hurts the most it is always, It always hurts a little more here. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you look back and you look at the scout report, and it, it comes out accurate. <laughs> the, the way it does. should have been fired after picking John Harris. John Harris was on no one's board. No, do you remember that was back too in the beginning of the putting the false information out? Um, uh, the, the Packers and Saints, I think it was, were you know claiming that oh they were going to jump on him and you know but he slipped, so the Eagles grabbed him. We weren't going to take him. Wow. He was like a third round project. Project and he was projected. I remember he was shocked that he went in the first round. Yeah, he had this look like who, me? That's my favorite. <laughs> really? I went in the first round. Oh man, that's when you know Oh, that's when you know you the big bird. <laughs> that's when oh. you run him and Ray Rose out of town. Well it was you a year later, but the guy that snagged you. It was. It ended up being a year later in '98 that was ultimately it. But I mean, yeah. come on, the three and thirteen season probably had way more to do with that. That team was just. Yeah, they 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 mailed it in. I think they did, but the, and the, I think by that po- time, Rose had lost all control anyway. Yeah, he had. Yeah. All right, he, it, it, he had. But I'll tell you this: if you talk to any of the players, they'll tell you, even in a situation like that. You can't dog it because there's still tape. There's tape of you dogging it, and that's going to hurt you with your next team. Right. So I wonder how that works exactly. You kind of just half-ass it and then bust it on Sunday? (laughs) It's it's funny you say that because it scares me about a certain receiver today on a team that people want want them to resign so badly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, all, I, all I can think of with him, I mean, nothing to take away him as a player. He's definitely dynamic. But you see Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson against the Minnesota Vikings. There's a pass thrown his way, and it's broken up by Lito. It looks like it's about to be intercepted. And he just throws his hands up in the air in disgust. <laughs> it's like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. He's got a little punk in him. He does. <laughs> Uh, you know what, though, and I, tell me if I'm wrong. Deshaun, the, I see two different guys. We'll compare him to Hainsworth. Uh, Sean, Deshaun seems like a guy that's going to dog it until he gets paid. And then, he, and then he'll go out and play. Hainsworth seems like a guy that's going to play hard until he gets paid and then dog it. I, I hope I so. I, I'm fearful of Jackson because my thing is now, after that shot he took last year, he wants the money. Well, my thing is how much, what's it going to take? Like you said, is he going to dog? I'm afraid of him dogging it once he gets paid. That's legitimate concern. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about his agent more than anything else and what he expects him to get paid. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with it. we got to run now. That is our show for the evening. I would like to thank Ron Knight and Ron Glover from gcob.com for hanging out with me. Had a lot of fun. Everyone have a safe and happy 4th of July. You guys, real quick, you guys got big 4th of July plans? Uh, I'm just scouting the area for barbecues. I'm, I'm like Yogi Bear in the woods. I'm looking, I'm looking for uh, smoking grills. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I hear you. Whatever you guys do, have fun, grill. be safe, and uh, we'll do it All again right. next week. All right, have a good holiday. Have a good one. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.